This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. You are not alone. I'll be there when you fall. For those of you that have been uh, following along, the beginning of my 1,000-mile journey for 2016, know that I was looking forward to Ragnar this last weekend. Uh, I didn't get to run, but my wife, wow, Mary was phenomenal. She did her legs uh, in under-projected time, and I had a great time <sighs> driving the van and getting people where they needed to be and making sure they had their drinks at the end of their legs and cheering them on. But it's just not the same as running. Just, just, it's just not. But last year, uh, I was introduced to Ragnar Relay through uh, uh, the Soul Savers team, and it was fun. I was hooked immediately. I'm not a runner. You know, I'm not a runner. I'm, I'm a walker that runs occasionally, and uh, I was back in. I was back in. But the person that was in charge of our van, um, not only is he a runner, he's got a pretty incredible story to share now because, wow. Joe, good to see you. I mean, truly good to see you. A lot of you may have uh, already seen Joe on TV. His story, uh, well, started about a year ago uh, that uh, everybody uh, started to, uh, well, find out a little bit about how God's awesome grace is. But, Joe, uh, welcome to Koinonia. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm going to let you just kind of give a little of your background and run it up to uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, well, um, I've been running, uh, for probably about four and a half years, uh, in total, uh, maybe close to five. Uh, and how old are you? I'm 58 right now. So you started just a little, I'm 52 now. Mm-hmm. So you started running for, now, had you done any real fit, fitness stuff before that or? Um, in, when I was in school, yeah, I, I did a lot of track. Okay. Um, but that was uh, yeah. That was speed. Yeah, we don't know, we don't need distance. to uh, yeah, and we don't need to talk about how long ago that was. Either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you you four and a half years ago you started running, really enjoyed it. You started doing distance stuff. What? How many marathons and whatnot have you done? Um, I haven't done too much. Um, I've done the Phoenix Half. I haven't done any marathons. Okay. Uh, but five uh, Ks, ten uh, Ks, Ragnars. Yeah. I've done about five Ragnars, both the trail and the road Ragnars. And uh, just the Phoenix uh, half is, is, is really the only official. I've done some smaller stuff, but okay. nothing, nothing big. So last year, um, we did the Ragnar together. Yes. We were in the Soul Savers van, too. Uh, boy, that was a trip. That was a lot of fun. Now, in fact, you ran the leg before me, so that means you would come to the finish line, slap me with the little uh, bracelet there, and I take off yes. uh, doing my leg. And uh, for those of you that don't know what the Ragnar is, it's a uh, 200-ish mile uh, team relay from Wickenburg to Mesa, uh, two vans of six persons each. So your legs last year, you were what seven miles? I think I five did. I did, and, a, I did a seven point two, a five point four, yeah. a four point three. Yeah, and it, and so th- those were the links, and you were kind of just cruising because you knew you had a big event that you wanted to do well in the following weekend, right? Exactly right. Yeah. All right. So take us to the day of the Phoenix Marathon now. Uh, so, um, start at six thirty. As a matter of fact, the, uh, I remember that day very well because it started to rain. Oh, right. Right. right That's right. Line. I right. remember that. Yeah. Started to rain. I was in the back of the pack cause I wasn't planning to do anything phenomenal other than try to beat my, my time from last year. 
and uh, started to rain. So across uh, the gun went off six thirty. I think I crossed maybe about a minute or so after the gun went off. Was running at a nice pace. Everything was going well. Um, and I can only say this now because I don't know if it's attributed to what happened at the very end, but I can only remember up until about mile seven. Mm. For some reason, from mile seven on, I don't, I don't remember anything. Um, but So what I'm telling you right now <laughs> is what I was told because I don't remember. Yeah. But apparently I, or not apparently I did, I crossed the finish line and within seconds I collapsed. And that was it. Um, uh, I could probably let <laughs> my brother here, Rick, Give the rest of the story because he's got an eyewitness account of it. But apparently, I went down, uh, cardiac arrest, uh, took me into the tent. The team started doing life saving procedures immediately. Um, after they got me uh, back going again, after a, a pretty long time, for what I understand, they got me uh, transported over to uh, uh, Banner Desert, where the team over there took over. And, um, and uh, here I am today. That's pretty incredible. Now, uh, what was your time? My time was See, that's, uh, uh, one hour and 59 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds. What I'm saying, the reason is because only a true runner would still know exactly what their time <laughs> is right after that. Uh, doctor, what, uh, let's pick up the story with you. How, did, how does your uh, life intersect with, uh, with this story here? Uh, you know, in a roundabout way, I end up, and it's kind of funny, as a dermatologist, I, I joke and say as a zip picker, <laughs> I end up being the medical director for the Phoenix Marathon. Uh-huh. But in an odd way, I did, and <clears throat> I, I like to participate in a lot of community stuff, so yeah. it was a good fit, and, you know, got me to that day, and, you know, I was kind of the coordinator of the event, you know, obviously there to help folks out if they need to, sure. but, you know, I had, you know, cardiologists on standby, internal medicine, the guys and family practitioners there, you know, thinking that I probably wouldn't have to do a whole lot of hand-to-hand combat, if right. you will, and we are just standing there talking early on in the day because I'd done this event before and generally the people that have the most amount of problems aren't the people that come in at, you know, one fifty nine right, or right. you know, the people it's that the guys come in. like me that come in at three fifty exactly, or me, right? They're <laughs> tailored in, right? So we're just chit chatting, having coffee. I'd had breakfast delivered for everybody and we get a call that there's a guy coming and there's a seizure and, you know, next thing I know I get to meet Joseph and you know, he comes in completely unresponsive in a wheelchair. Um, you know, we had catchers that are medical students that are volunteers that they mm-hmm. they eyeball folks that are coming across the finish line. Anybody that they think might need assistance, they or that goes down, they grab that in person, intervene and get yeah, them. I, I've had the "Are you okay?" stare. Yes, yes, more than once coming across the line. E- exactly. <laughs> so you know, we're we're looking for that, but you know, to encounter what they encountered with him, we just didn't really understand what was going on. And you know, he rolled into the tent. I was the first one, first physician that was there so you know i immediately went to him and started trying to just assess him in general and he was really ashen in color i didn't know if he just had some sort of vasovagal experience blood pressure dropped and you know just was non-responsive due to that and i did a couple sternal rubs on him and he just wouldn't really respond you know then i got the stethoscope on him and what i heard didn't sound like normal breath sounds or normal heart sounds you know and it's been a while since i did this in an internal medicine capacity so it's it's strange you know, yeah you're, you're doubting yourself you know are you overreacting here and meanwhile it's only seconds but seconds in a circumstance like this feel right. like an eternity Ever. right yeah you know so i then started working on him and um 
shortly after that, and thank God we had two tents stacked back to back. The the firefighters and the paramedics were in the back tent. Um, we got them off of the table and down on the floor, and I started uh, um, uh, administering CPR. Shortly after that, the squad guys came, and they started administering the medication. But, you know, to be frank with you, it was touch and go for a long time. It was a good 12, you know, I'm going from memory, but it seemed like a good 12 to 15 minutes, which felt like an hour Why? that they worked on him. And, you know, eventually he started to, you know, turn around. They got him in the squad, got him to the ER. But, you know, I mean, if you don't mind me talking, it was yeah. just it was just a it was a really tough time for me. And I don't know that I've ever told you this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you, you Sunday, you know, he didn't look very good. Right. And, you know, I have friends in that hospital and it just didn't look very good for him. Monday didn't look very good. I think you started turning around when I'm like on Wednesday. It was Wednesday, uh, as I recall. Wednesday. It, Tuesday or Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday or Wednesday, because um, again, this is what I was told. Right. And, and after meeting the uh, the Banner Desert staff, when I thanked them this uh, this past week, they brought me in and they immediately um, I can't remember what the actual term was called, but they reduced my, my body core temperature down to like ninety three degrees to protect my organs. Uh huh. And that's standard for forty eight hours after a cardiac arrest. And then they brought me out on Monday and started warming my body up. My wife says that I came to on Monday, but I wasn't cognizant of what was going on, though there were people in the room. It wasn't until about Tuesday where I started getting my faculties and, and surroundings. My wife said the first question she asked me is, you know, what, what day is that? I said, well, it's Saturday. She said, no, uh, it's Monday. Wow. And, and see, I was following on Facebook. Your wife was updating. I didn't see any updates, any good updates until Wednesday. Yeah. That's when we really started hearing. So what was the first thing you actually remember in the hospital? Uh, my wife feeding me chicken soup. Okay, and that was that when? was Tuesday. Okay, wow, That's the first thing I remember. So that was on Tuesday, huh? Okay. So Rick, you're you know life saving. That's not exactly what you think you're going to be doing as a dermatologist on a regular basis, right? No, I you know I, I do a lot of skin cancer, but you know yeah. that's all slow stuff. I don't right. ever think I'm going to be in an acute situation yeah. like that. And and if I am, I figure you know I'm going to lean on my backup. But right, you know, and you know you had your but you had your in, internist training. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, and I've been in ICU and CCU situations before. It's just it's just been a, a little while, uh, well, and, and it's always different when when it gets that close. Yeah, and you're the lead, and uh, this is a, a promo for learning CPR too, right? Because it's even just that basic basic ability and treatment can keep things going until help can get there. Absolutely. And I, I would tell you this. I mean, you know, we struggle with the guidelines and all that stuff in terms of how many compressions and this and that. I mean, you want to just have the basics and be there to act upon someone, because when you're looking at, at a fallen brother, you know, and, and he or she is ashen and there's no signs of life there. You're doing everything you possibly can to blow life into that individual so that so that they could see another day. Yeah, and I know you, uh, in previous interviews, you've talked about, you know, you're looking, he's on his way to dying, if not already there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way. And, and you know, I was haunted by the fact, I was, and I didn't realize this, this until afterwards, but the last couple times I was in this circumstance in my career, the individuals didn't make it. Mm. And I think, you know, that brought all that forward. Yeah. Plus, you know, is this guy not going to make it? So when I started hearing, because I couldn't get much. I'm not on staff at that hospital. I would just hear bits and pieces. You're doing a little bit better. Once I started hearing and you were sitting up and everything, it was just such a huge relief for me. Yeah. I didn't want to lose you either. Uh.
We're going to continue this conversation next here on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. For questions or comments, please email Tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com. 